Welcome to Let It Ride with True North, the podcast where we interview people in trucking. Whether they're drivers, family, or simply in the industry, we are here to spotlight them and their experiences. I'm Milan, the Community Engagement Manager here at True North, and together with my colleague Maddie, we'll bring you real conversations and stories you won't find anywhere else on the road. Let's ride. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. Today we have Kim and Roger, a trucking couple that went from team drivers to dispatcher driver. We get into how they met, their experiences on the road, and how they support each other after Roger's life-changing heart attack. We also hear about Kim's shoe addiction, celebrity crushes, and the many things they love to do outside of trucking. Let's get into it. I want to go all the way back to the very beginning of, of you as a couple. Who wants to start? I'll start at Kim Kapanik. Okay. I was driving to Georgia on 75. Yes. And Kim was, she just come back from camping. I think she just lost her husband a few months before or a year. I asked if she wanted to stop and get something to eat. And we stopped at the Flying J. And I went and took a shower and we ate. And she walked out to the truck. I was on her truck. Kissed her on the forehead. And I guess I was soaked. <laughs> Kissed her on the forehead? <laughs> Kissed her on the forehead. She wow. Too. Such a gentleman. Totally. Opened my door, lit my cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> that was not the only thing that was lit. <laughs> it was love at first sight. When I first laid eyes on him, I was like, oh my gosh. Because when I lost my husband, I was like, that's it. But no, I, I heard his voice first. And his voice just like, just melted me. And then when I saw him, I'm like, oh my gosh, the whole package. I mean, he's I was in love. Oh. <laughs> I was in love at first sight, really. That's so beautiful. You check all the boxes. That's really sweet. Yeah, I love that. Did you guys ever take like a picture together at that truck stop? Is it still around? We got pictures. You know, we got pictures of us when we were younger when we first met. And I'll, I'll get some of that stuff together the next day or two and get it over to you. We got pictures of the hood of girls sitting on our hood of our truck. <laughs> no way. I cannot wait to see yeah. that. And where is this truck stop? This wasn't a truck stop at Flying Jack oh, Jacksonville. Georgia. Okay. Oh. So if anyone's listening to this, you can it's, find it's your so next <laughs> significant <laughs> other at this specific truck stop. You guys yeah. go back and uh, visit that truck stop? Have you been back since? Oh, yeah. oh we've been back. We're actually there. Our I think it was our 20th anniversary that from the day we met, we just happened to be going through there and they were getting ready to turn the restaurant into fast food. They've changed all the good truck stops to just fast food. But I asked him, I said, please, can I take a picture of the booth that we sat at? He said, oh, sure. No problem. So I took a picture of the booth where we met. And... That's so sweet. So how long did you court each other before you got married? Two years. Three years. And how long have you been married? <laughs> okay, I'm going to get myself in trouble here. I've done this once before. Roger needs a little refresher on the year you got married. Kim, do you remember? What have we been married? 18 years? Okay, so <laughs> we've been together for 28 years. 
we've been married longer than 19 years. I think that you guys have found each other because clearly no one knows how long and that's okay. Not a big deal. <laughs> no, it's not. That's, and that's a good thing because I, I am not good on dates. I don't remember. I don't remember my kid's birthday. If it wasn't for Kim and the kids remind me what day the grandkids' birthdays are. <laughs> Thank goodness for Facebook at at oh, a reminder of everybody's birthdays. Totally. <laughs> I really rely on Facebook for that too, Kim. It's beautiful that you don't need a date to to prove your love to each other. Rogers, how long have you been with True North and how long were you driving? Okay, I've probably got over thirty-eight years of driving. We've been with True North almost a year now to be a year in June mm -hmm. driving wise I started driving when I was 13 years old I hauled my first load of cattle 13 from Kentucky to Pittsburgh Pennsylvania and what was that like as a young tot I was scared to death because I was just told that I was taking a load of veal to Pennsylvania for the farmer that I worked for because his guy quit. And he said, you're going to have to take this. I said, I don't even have a license. <laughs> he said, get in the thing and go. It was a straight truck, but it was, I, I had 26, I think 26 head on it at that time. Mm -hmm. And I got lost. I got lost. And I called him and I told him, I says, I don't even know where I'm at. I'm lost. He says, find your way. And he hung up. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what I did find my way and I got back and I was madder than a hornet. Oh, wow. it, all worked, it, all worked, it all worked out pretty good. I, was, I worked for him for on and off for five or six years. So. so at 13 years old, you started off with a terrible dispatcher. And yeah, I, I couldn't have asked for a better person to work for. He, he was, he treated pretty awesome besides that one little deal but he said okay. i'm doing it for you okay if that made you learn some lessons oh definitely roger tell us how did you navigate driving a truck at 13 did you did someone teach you or did you just hop right in and figure no, it out? i i drove yeah. i drove around the farm and stuff in the same truck i can up and stuff like that i went into town for feed but my uncle had a uncle Duke. He had a, a sawmill is how I'd learned how to drive. I was probably nine yeah. and I helped him out in the summers and stuff like that. That's how I learned how to drive that kind of a truck anyway. What kind of truck was it? They were split shift. There was a um, international. Mm -hmm. uh, the one that I drove to Pennsylvania was a Ford. Okay. But I've drove, I've drove about everything. Peterbilt to cab overs to just about everything. There ain't too much, but we own some of our own. So me and Kim did. If you had to give yourself a number, how many trucks have you driven? Seven different brands. All right. Kim, so you've already been driving for a year, but how long have you been driving for your career? Nine, legally 1994. Legally 1994. <laughs> I like that. So 1994. So it's been almost 20 years. Yeah, I was 27 years old. Very cool. What were you doing before you were trucking? I was in the restaurant business. Why did you make the transition into truck driving? I lost my husband. 
Hmm. I was in the restaurant business. His mother passed away three months before. I was a courier for my aunt. She had a mobile x-ray company in Atlanta. So I would just meet her x-ray technicians all around Atlanta, pick up the x-rays and bring them to the radiologist to read. Mm-hmm. And Roger, what were you doing before you were a truck driver? I drove trucks, but I was off and on with things when I was around the farms and stuff. But I worked at a breeding barn in Lexington, Kentucky. I used to work the Keeneland Gate on the races. I've done a lot. I had a guard dog service. I trained dogs for years. That's pretty much, that's pretty much my history besides trucking. Wow. Okay. How'd you get into the trucking business? Honest to goodness, when I was a kid, when I saw BJ and the bear, I wanted to be a piston packing mama. And I told my mom when I was 10, I'm going to be a truck driver when I grow up. <laughs> that is so awesome. 10 years old. Yeah. That. It was that or the first woman, Blue Angel, and my cousin, he was in the Navy. and He told me I'd have to be really good in math, and I wasn't that good in math to be able to fly jet. So, truck driving. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it always weird when you realize as a kid that you just need a skill that you didn't even think you needed to achieve your dreams, and that's when you're like, all right, new dream. <laughs> new dream. <laughs> yeah. What number are you, Kim? 187. 187. Okay. Yeah, the murder. Wait, the murder truck? 187 is murder for uh, police call numbers. Watch any cop show, and if if there's a murder, and they'll say code 187. My painter that does our lettering on the truck, when I called him and told him I need a truck number, he says, you can't use that, Kim. And I'm like, why? And he goes, don't you know what 187 is? And I'm like, no. And he goes, that's murder. So we asked, could we change it? And they were like, no, sorry. It's like, okay, so I got the murder truck. I love that, though. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> How many trucks have you had under your belt? I'm going to say it's probably close to 10. Okay. And do you have a favorite out of your 10 trucks that you've driven? My favorite was our Kenworth. We had a tow truck, a W900. But yeah, I'm pretty, pretty partial with my Cascadia Freightliner that I've got now. Describe what a show truck means for those novices like me who don't know. They've got all the bells and whistles, all the lights, the chrome, the pretty shiny. Oh, so you're a chrome head? You like a lot of chrome? Yeah, we were. But then we went to foreign lines of making the money. Actually, DOT with all their, you know, one light out, you get umpteen points for one light. We had over a hundred lights on our truck. And back then when they just, the CSA points, that was crazy. Oof. I never thought about you that. Could, you yeah. could eat off the floor. <laughs> eat off the floor. Yeah. And did you show off your truck? Like, did you go to truck shows with your, your truck? No, we We've never been to a truck show. We wanted to go to the Louisville truck show for the first time this year, but then. I know. Yeah. yeah. Then life, right? Yeah. 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 There will definitely be more opportunities. But we used to get people that would come over and start taking pictures of the truck. A magazine took pictures of our trailer and our truck. I can't remember the name of that magazine. Can you come? Big Rig. Yeah, it was Big Rig. They they were getting ready for the Iowa 80. The big truck show up in Iowa. It was a couple of days before the show. We just pulled out of the truck wash and they had magazine people up there already, photographers and 
they were like, can we take a picture of your truck and put it in the magazine? And we're like, sure. Wow. How'd that make you feel to know that your truck was getting good press? Oh, good. <laughs> Wasn't that tour bus, Kim? Didn't they come over and take a bunch of pictures? Yeah. That one? yeah. Yes. <laughs> You're going to have to show us a picture sometime. I'll send you some. Awesome. So did it come that way or did you customize it once you had it? Some of it came that way. Okay. And some of not, we added to it. Mm -hmm. Fun. What about your miles that you've driven? Kim, how many miles have you driven total? Uh, Got to be close to 3 million. Okay. Wow. I ain't even going to guess. You're not going to guess? No, too many. If you had to ballpark, you don't have to give us an actual answer. What's the ballpark? Couldn't tell you. I was just, I drove a lot of miles. <laughs> we got to consult your log books, I guess. Uh, <laughs> which, which, at, that, at that time, which law? <laughs> <laughs> That's why he got to double some of his mileage way back in the day. You never did the double log book thing? Oh, absolutely. I was really good at creative but he was even told that by DOT. Huh. Yeah, Roger, he never touched the logbook for 20 years. <laughs> we, got pulled, we got pulled over once in Washington, and the officer asked him, he says, where are you coming from? He says, what does the log say? He goes, what do you mean, what does it say? He says, I haven't written one of them in years. He says, if I did, you wouldn't know what I wrote. So <laughs> the, the officer was like, you're honest. He says, I sign them, but I don't write in them. Wow. That was back in the day when, right. when the, when DOT wasn't near as bad, mm -hmm. you know, like I've been through scale houses and I went from Brownsville to California and just a matter of a few. And I got caught there at Banning and he says, they asked me for the log book. I handed the wrong log book to him and the older guy, cause they use it as a training point. So the older guy, he, he tells the trainee, he says, let him get the log book he's supposed to be on. Mm -hmm. So I've been fairly lucky. Overweight tickets, been very lucky. I've been pulled over overweight. We, I used to run scales from Canada, from Ontario, all the way to California. So <laughs> we were outlaws at that time. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to yeah, it I like it. Can you tell us a little bit about what was your worst DOT experience and what happened there? I can tell you the truth as far as I go. Uh -huh. I've been lucky. I've always had a decent experience, except one time we got pulled over. It was an overweight deal. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't a bad experience because he said, follow me up here to the truck stop. And then when he left, we had a cup of coffee together. And when he left, he says, I'm going this way. When he went that way, I went the other way. And like I said, that's way back years ago before all this, you know, ELDs and everything else. They, it was like a game between them and us at that time. Mm. No, but I never had no real bad experience except when I ended up in jail in Canada. Oh, that seems like a terrible experience. What it was, I had to buy a farm because at that time I had to pay when I went across the border. The uh, misdemeanor here is a felony in, in Canada. Mm -hmm. You follow what I'm saying? So they said, you have a felony. I said, that's not a felony. That's a misdemeanor. And he says, not in the state of Canada, in the country of Canada. So I, well, anyway, I had to end up paying 
don't know, $380 or something like that to have a lifetime pass to go to Canada. So, you know, they're, that's the only bad experience I can honestly say that I've had. Unless Kim can think of something I'm not thinking of. Wait, when was this? Oh, that was how many years ago? That was before we met. Yeah, that was years ago. Oh, and I guess another bad experience I had, Massachusetts no, don't, sent me a personally notarized letter telling me to stay out of their state. Massachusetts? Yeah. <laughs> what? A personalized <laughs> letter? Forever or just for a little they bit? Sent me a, they, they mailed me a letter and said, we that you never entered our state again. I was, <laughs> I got busted going out for a mile an hour. Oh, now, I've been back since then. That was years ago off. Oh, I cannot believe that happened to you. You're like going to be put on a list. You're going to be wanted in every state. No, no. I, Just Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah. I, Kim, I would talk to Kim on the phone. At that time, I had a uh, covered wagon. I'd be down in New York. He says, you better be careful down there. And usually when I went to New York, I didn't worry. I, ne I never had any incidents. But I would park, and then I'd park the closest I could, what you would call a gang member. And I would walk up to them and ask them to keep an eye on my truck while I sleep. And wow. I never have, I have never, ever been bothered. Hmm. Ever. So were you sleeping in the truck? Yeah, I slept in my truck, and they watched my truck. I stole nothing up. Wow. Yeah, and me and Kim was down there one time. Now, these are just stories that I'm telling you, you know, I just kind of going out there. We was in New York, and we were stuck there for the weekend anyway. Nothing around to eat. Not a very good place to be where we sat. I walked, I don't know, how many blocks, Kim? Half my homemade? And... A guy come up to me and says, what are you doing in this town walking on our street? Oh, and I no. said, hey, I'm, I'm trying to find something to eat. And anyway, he ended up showing me a good place to eat. I got our food and went back to the truck. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, didn't I, I didn't think it was going to end that way. <laughs> He didn't, he didn't, he didn't tell the beginning of that story. When we were coming down into the city, the truck route signs had gotten taken off. So we were lost and there was two cop cars. So he stopped and he got out. It was raining and he went over to the police officers and he told them where we were going. So they mapped it out for him, how we could get there. And they told him where you're going, do not get out of your truck for mm -hmm. no reason whatsoever. He said, it is a bad neighborhood. And he says, it's worse than this neighborhood right here. And he's, but it's raining and it's Sunday. And the, and the officers, they don't care. He says, do not get out of that truck for no reason whatsoever until it's time for you to deliver your load. <laughs> Dang, I'm glad that you guys were safe. <laughs> we never really had any accidents except that somebody disrespected Kim or never no real bad deals or nothing like that. I have to say that my truck experience has been pretty good, except when I had my heart attack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about that. I know that's the reason why you stopped driving, right? Yeah. Kim and I was, I think we was in Memphis. We got a load of Memphis. We was over at Walmart. I told her, I said, I'm just not feeling good. And then we went and picked up a load. We was a UPS then. Good company at that time. 
And we left. I said, Kim, you drive first. So she drove and I, I tried to wake me up, got a knock. So I said, I just don't feel good. Can you drive? So she drove. What was the name of that town, Kim? Kingsport? Yeah. Got to Kingsport. And I said, okay, let me go and wash my face. And I got out of the truck and I just felt really bad. I felt really bad. And I went in, threw some water in my face, come back out and sat down at the fuel line. I couldn't go no farther. I was, it was bad. I had a, what they call a V-test mm-hmm. where your heart takes off and it pumps so fast. It doesn't give you no oxygen or any blood going to your brain. Oh no. So the ambulance came. Long story short, I did end up getting the truck parked, and then it went and it started happening again. It was like an on and off thing there for a few minutes, and they came and I got an ambulance, and Kim was in the front seat. I told Kim, I said, you need to take this load on, <laughs> and she said, no way. So she got in the front, and I was in the back, and they couldn't find a vein to get an IV in me. Mm-hmm. He said, you're in a VTEC. He said, it's way up over 270 beats and it's going higher. And he says, I hate to tell you this, but it's the Lord's will. If you're going to make it wow. to the hospital. And I made it to the hospital and only 3% of people, when they have this die, they call it a sudden death. And I still have it. I still have every once in a while to flare up, not too many times. It did at first when I first had my surgery and stuff, but I stayed there hospital. We stayed two weeks, I think. And they put this life vest on me because I didn't want to have surgery there. I wanted to come home. So they put a life vest on me. And every time it said it was going to shock, I take off. It wasn't much, you know, it was pretty dumb for me at that time. But then I came home and got surgery. They put a defibrillator and a pacemaker. Well, once they put the defibrillator in, that took my license. Mm-hmm. So we went from running for years and me just sitting at the house. They, was, they told me when I was in the surgery, they told Kim and them that he's got 3% chance of making. I died twice. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank, Lord wow. I, thank the good Lord I come back. I had treatments all over my chest where they dumped me in. So there was a lot of issues with trying to get my defibrillator and my pacemaker to work together. I had 79 heart attacks one day, minor. I didn't even know you could do that. (laughs) Like, well, there there were 79 attacks, whether they were exactly heart attacks, but where the, where the defibrillator and the pacemaker wasn't doing what it was supposed to do. My heart would take off and it would slow down and would take off. It wasn't doing it. I had 79 of them. Ended up back in the hospital for a week, two weeks, maybe. They got that under control. And after that time, I didn't have a whole lot of issues. Every once in a while, an issue would be coming up. I've had a couple of attacks here out. I carry a life button with me when I'm driving. Good for you. I've got a home monitor, too. And plus, I've got a heart monitor that's beside my bed that he can adjust my heart and stuff from my bed size. So. Wow. If my rate gets too high, they can do adjustments. That's where the heart attack took us. I was I stayed depressed. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. I couldn't do nothing. True North has probably helped save my life, if you want the truth about it. Well, Kim, how was that like to have your partner collapse in front of you? Yeah, when he walked out to the truck, I was still sitting in the driver's seat of the fuel island, and 
And I told him, I said, you look terrible. And he said, you're going to have to call an ambulance. And when he says that, he's the type that the only time he went to the doctor was for his DOT physical. That's it. The only mm-hmm. other time he's conscious and on a stretcher. So when he said, it's, I need an ambulance, something was real bad. Well, and then I told him, I was like, he's, you're going to have to deliver the load. I said, oh, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> it's a big change. We were together in the truck 24-7. And mm-hmm. the only upside at that time, we were doing terminal to terminal driving for UPS. So that he didn't have to worry as much about where I was going to, because he knew every place we went. He knew where I was going to be getting so that helped for his stress level. How long were you guys apart after he was in the hospital? Oh, no, I stayed with him in the hospital. The whole, I was with him the whole time. Oh, wow. Okay, good for you. I was off work for oh, probably two months. Good for you. Yeah, my, easy. my kids came down. Miranda ended up taking care of me. Miranda, my daughter, because Kim had to go back to work. But mm-hmm. Kim, Kim used to stay out. Well, we used to stay out two or three months, but Kim was staying out two, three months at a time just so we get caught up because of the hospital bills. Mm. We used to do a lot. When I had this heart attack, it was about done over because sometimes I'll be lucky to walk from here to the driveway without running out of air. I got 25.5% of my heart left. Wow. I'm on so many blood thinners that my blood has to stay thin over or to pump it. But we used to go bike riding. We used to go out to eat all the time yeah we would go to our friends Rhonda and Noah's all the time there was a lot that we used to do that we can't do and then with the pandemic you can't hardly do anything so I'm glad the mother's here because yeah, they go get their hair done Kim it's a shout out for me that she has been there and she's doing what she's doing and she's doing a lot mm-hmm. I don't go anywhere because of my heart because there's no telling I was just walking through the house one day here a month ago, and I almost passed out. My defibrillator had to drop my heart. I don't go nowhere. I see. I don't want to be parked, you know. When I go to Michigan, I have a hospital already lined up that I'm going to go to, stuff like that. It wouldn't be good for Kim, me to be out there, but sometimes I just don't feel like moving. I try not to tell her when I'm feeling too bad. I'll say I just not have them day because I don't want her to worry on the road. Mm-hmm. So there's boundaries. Like I did fall the other day, cracked my head, tore oh, my no. head off, bruised my sternum. And, you know, the, oh gosh. Yeah. I was out in the barn. If it wasn't for my neighbor being out there, I'd probably still be laying in the barn. Oh my gosh. But anyway, it, it's things like that. You know, I mean, before we never had, we got cameras everywhere. So Kim can watch me if I'm out doing something. We yeah. have cameras in the barn. We have cameras behind the barn. We got cameras in the driveway. We got cameras in the yard. We got cameras in the house. That's wonderful. I'm not feeling. I turn the camera on. She checks on me. Mm. You know? It's a great way so to see. There, there's been a lot of changes. A lot of changes. It's really great to get a sense of your relationship on a personal level. I'd love to hear a little bit about what it looks like on the business level. So, what does it look like with you, Kim, out on the road currently and Roger, you're at home, you're dispatching, supporting behind the scenes. Tell us how it works. What it is, I, I get off the computer first thing in the morning. I use 
storm load board to True North gives us, and then I got load board to my own, plus I have people that I worked with. So I get on there and I find load. First, Kim tells me how many hours she's got, how far she can drive that day. We, we communicate together. All right, can you do this load at this time? Can mm -hmm. it be here? Are you going to have enough time? And how many hours are you going to have to the other side? So I know if I want to pre-plan her or not. And I usually keep Kim pre-planned. She's pre-planned now for load. Mm -hmm. So Dallas back here to the house. I'll negotiate the load. Everybody that Kim has called for, I've got left. Thank Kim is the most professional. Matter of fact, just here a couple of weeks ago, one of the brokers gave Kim an extra hundred dollars. Straight on the Raycon. She's yesterday she got a awesome thing and the guy called and said, How soon can you be back to Pennsylvania? Because we got another one of these. We'd rather have you all them. We get things like this all the time. We do uh uh load coming out of Tennessee that he calls me before he calls anybody else because Kim does such a good job delivering her load. But as far as telling her how to drive, I really don't tell her how to drive. Yeah. She knows how to do that. But I do have to tell her sometimes you gotta get some sleep. Kim, do you have anything to add? <laughs> Guilty. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kim, your preferences on the types of loads you're doing and where you're running, does that tend to stay pretty stable throughout the day-to-days or do you like to switch it up every now and then? Or what are your favorite kinds of runs? This year for the first time in my life, I've been to Denver every week for the whole winter. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my loads were going and they've got the least, the least amount of snow out of all the years ever too, which kind of worked the better for me but we switch it up sometimes i'll go about anywhere you won't go to washington and oregon okay okay first let me tell you me and kim's got rules too he has to let me know when she stops where she's sleeping at because there's too many people out there that just ain't right you know what i'm saying yeah so we we stay we stay communicated all the time yeah you know i tell park park underneath the light if you can you know, if you have to pay for parking, you can be up front, pay for parking, you can be up front. What's your, your favorite place to go? My favorite place to go, hmm, I love the scenery out west. I'm just, I, I love looking at all the mountains, and even the New Mexico, Arizona, just the desert type. And I love Washington up there, Snake River and Idaho. and or I love it up there during not winter time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Spring and spring, summer, it's beautiful up there. Roger, when Kim's out on the road, what do you like to do when she's out? Don't do too much anymore. I I, I fiddle around the house, fiddle around mm -hmm. the yard when I get when I'm up to it. Sometimes I have bad days and I can't do nothing, but I keep the house clean. I dishes. I cook my mother-in-law's meal. Mm. I prepare stuff for Kim when she's getting ready to come through take care of the dog. I go see my friend Noah. We have dinner together. I go to two or three months to Michigan every year. Cool. Um, then Kim time off there. We visit with the grandchildren. We have a fifth wheel there. And Very cool. um, we set it up every year. Kim is out on the road 
doing the loads and it seems like you have a, plenty of time to be your own person. Yeah. Yeah. I've got time to go about, but you can count on me sitting here in front of this computer about one or two. Mm -hmm. I like shopping around on the load boards. Mm -hmm. I won't take a load that won't give us a fuel surcharge. Yeah. And won't list it. I won't take it. So I, I find brokers that benefit our business. Yeah. Can you tell us more about how People, you find a good load? Okay. For instance, we took a load from a place out in California, a broker, and come to find out this broker was a jam. We was underneath the load. And this is one of the people that Kim got a very personalized for her professionalism. Mm -hmm. This guy didn't tell us that we were supposed to reload at the same place where our first stop is. So Kim was talking to a guy and says, how do you like driving for Pam? I can say that. Because I don't drive for Pam, drive for True North. And he says, well, either Pam, supposed to be Pam. It ends up being one of the triple broker loads mm. where it's just one broker. So anyway, the, the gentleman that initially had the load, which was Pam, he called and said, this guy's not going to pay you. This wasn't even supposed to be brokered like this. I'm not paying them, but I'm going to give you the full amount of what that load did pay, which was quite a bit more than what we took the load for. He wants us out there in Denver every Tuesday. He says, I'll give you a load every Tuesday you're out here. Call me and let me know you're coming. Thing. Now, we get stuff like that all the time. It's how you conduct yourself with somebody. But when I negotiate a load, they have an amount they put on there. Like the load that we got today, it was way less than what I got it for. I pretty much bid these loads when I had my own business. So I pretty much know what you're going to get and how much they probably got in their pocket. They can still fork out. Mm -hmm. So that's. And I'll sit down and I'll put a calculator. What's my bottom line? I have to make so much and I have to make more now than I was because of the way fuel is. Mm. So, but get back to that point, I dealt with that whole mess. And then I talked to one of my bosses that does our settlements. You have saved me a bunch of time. But thank you very much. And he's always treated me very well. What does it take to be a good driver in your eyes? Okay, here it is. Somebody that will think the truck belongs to them. Watch where they buy their fuel. I would rather pay somebody 40 or $50 to put in a light bulb instead of pulling it into a shop. Taking care of the equipment. It, it's being on time. It's critical to your trucking business and to the people that you are. I agree. Just having drivers that would some respect, common sense, common sense. Today, it, it, it seems to me that I may be speaking out of turn, but it doesn't like the kids ain't learning common sense. They're not being taught how to think for themselves. That mm. it depends on somebody else to think for them. Now, we had one, Abraham. He used to bring me his Flying J money. Like when you fill up a Flying J, you would get credits. They give you these little things that look like dollar bills that you spend at truck stop. And I'd tell him, I'd say, well, that's not for me. You get to keep that. 
but he was so honest that he would put them in an envelope and bring it to it, things like that. I look out for Kim and me first. Then I look out for True North. I want True North to make money too. If they're making money, we're going to stay in business because I like to find my own load. I like to do my own bargain, to bargain a load, to negotiate how much I'm getting or whatever. I have a, a routine down, the way I handle it. I'd save every email from True North. I'd save all the emails that I send. I'd save all my broker emails. So nobody can ever go back and say that I said something or I wrote something that they never got. You follow what I'm saying? Because it shows the time that I spent it, stuff like that. I keep everything in line, all my confirmation sheets or maintenance. Mm -hmm. I have files files for everything. I got to make sure, okay, Kim's going to bring home this much. How much is this going to be for maintenance? 28 cents to be for maintenance, 28%. For your maintenance on your truck. So you have the money to operate your truck and fix your truck when somebody, because one breakdown, we spent thousands on one breakdown. When we was off just here not too long ago, it it was thousand dollars we forecast. And I remember somebody from True North called, don't know who it was, it might have been you, Mar- I, I don't know, but asked me, because I said, do you need anything? No, it's not True North's place to fix my truck. That's where you've got to use a business head. You've got to sit down and figure out how much money you got to have. And when you can't do that, there's a time that you're going to have to get out. Yeah. I would rather get out ahead of the game than being not ahead of the game. So yeah. before I go getting money from True North, fix my truck, it's time for me to get out of the truck. Time for Kim to get out of the truck. Go to work for somebody else. We haven't said much about True North, but we enjoy the freedom that we're allowed to have. And I'll tell you what, out of every company that I've ever been leased to or worked for besides myself, True North is number one. Even with growing pains and doing what they're doing, figuring things out themselves, they are number one. Agreed. Now, we did try a little company before we came to you, and I will not mention their name because it wasn't worth a hill of beans. But (laughs) we, True North, when we first started talking to Austin, um, awesome. (laughs) Awesome to work with. I asked him, I says, does True North have a problem with me dispatching for Kim? And Carol, she said, no, we have no problem with that. And that's made it good for me as far as my ego. (laughs) Better. I feel better about myself because Kim ain't the only one, because if it wasn't for me, Kim wouldn't be making the loads she's making. Mm -hmm. That's true. That's the point is, as far as True North, it has just been great for mm-hmm. me personally. I love that you're happy being here. That's the reason why we do what we do is to know that you're making the most out of the industry and what the industry can offer you as a small business. We really appreciate you being here. Talking about the broker, you got to have some brokers to work with. Honest ones for one thing. And people say brokers not honest. I won't work one is not honest. Hey, I catch them in a story or something like that. 
or something doesn't sound right, I'm done. But they always seem to make sure, okay, Kim Park on the place, anything like that, is it safe for her there? They always find out that stuff for us. And plus, they give us phone numbers, and a lot of brokers won't give you their phone. They want you to go through them. But mm-hmm. that's, I had one of ours gave us their numbers. And plus, we have people that we used to deal with before in Dallas. They give him the pen codes to their gate so she can park there and be safe. That's really special. Yeah, because it goes beyond just delivering the load. There's so many other factors at play. Being able to oh, yeah. develop those relationships and have that reliability is everything. How is it being on the road and knowing that Roger's taking care of you? Oh, that means everything for me. Keeps me peace of mind that I don't have to worry about losing sleep by trying to find loads. He always takes care of that. Takes care of me. That's he awesome. deals with that. through North. You know, I don't have to make a bunch of phone calls. I make I'll make calls to get directions into places and stuff like that. But you know, I mean, as far as the taking care of the day to day, he takes care of all that. That's that. every time people call that number, they say, "Is is this Kim there?" We don't give out Kim's number for the fact that she's sleeping. I don't want her interrupted. Mm-hmm. That's the reason I do with everything with True North, pretty much. Yeah. Every email and call that I've ever done, it's always been Roger on the end of the line. <laughs> Kim, you don't have to speak so that your partner is going to be able to do it for you. You can just have complete trust in a person to know that they have your back. You don't need to know the, all the information, all the details. All you need to know is driving. It's got to give me peace of mind. It gives me peace of mind, too, for one thing about Kim. And I want to say this because there's a lot of truck drivers. They're always wondering what their wife is doing out there. You know what I'm <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. If you can't trust them. Why are you with them to begin with? Right. You know, Kim, Kim trusts me with one of her most precious treasures ever. That's her mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I wasn't taking care of her mother and doing things for her, or doing whatever, and I'm not saying her mother's an envelope because she's not, okay? But it, yeah, I'm just saying that she's getting up there in age, <laughs> and I do everything that I can do to help her. Kim, I really want to know what your experiences have been as a woman truck driver, and because of the fact that you've been in the industry for so long, I'm sure you have a bunch of things to share I'm on this. So back in the beginning, it wasn't as easy as, as it is nowadays. Sour situation. And there's been many times where Roger had to block the men's restroom where the showers were located for me to be able to grab a shower. Now we don't have that problem. Mm-hmm. Since Roger's been off the track, it's more difficult for me to get exercise because I don't walk around, don't get out of my truck very much. I park as close to the building as I can for my own safety reasons, which the downfall on the health healthier issue, right? So how do you get your exercise as a woman in this industry? There are other women that are more go-getters than me. I just don't like getting out and walking around the truck stop. Don't you have that thing that you walk on? Yeah, Roger got me a step ladder. It's a three-step ladder. I'll walk up and down on it. I'll get steps in 
that way. Mm-hmm. But as far as getting out and about, no, I don't. During the day, do you feel safe enough to walk around? It's just at night that you feel like you can't get your exercise? Oh, no, I, ne- I definitely would not, never do it at night during the day, depending on the location. It's easier like at a shipper receiver. Some shipper receivers don't allow you to be moving around on the property. They want you to stay in your truck. They don't want you to get run over. It's not as easy to get stepped in. For me, now mm-hmm. I've got a friend. She drives also. She's a more people person, I guess. <laughs> she, she'll talk, she doesn't meet a stranger, so she gets out and about. But I just don't want to get myself out there. Gotcha. Yeah, so... Safer to have a dog in a truck. Actually, sometimes it's not because then you have to get out in an element to let the dog walk. As to where, if you didn't have the dog in the truck, you wouldn't have to get out there. Mm-hmm. Have you ever felt unsafe even following your own boundaries and guidelines? Oh, there's been a couple times, but you, know, you have. I learned from a police officer a long time ago to carry wasp spray. As it mm-hmm. doesn't go any guidelines as far as carry conceal or tasers or anything like that. But yeah, wasp spray is a, is a really good deterrent. And you can get a 30 to 45 foot shot out there. So they don't have to get right up on you to, if you felt you needed protection. Mm-hmm. As far as being at the truck stops, if you are exiting the, the truck, you feel relatively safe? I always look at my surroundings. And I even still, even when Roger's not in the truck, I lead people to believe that he is. <laughs> Nobody knows the difference. Mm-hmm. Do you want me to get you something? Just so people don't think I'm out there by myself. Oh, right. so you're like talking to him even if he's not there, like yeah. in the truck. Huh. And at the school island, people come up and want to strike up a conversation or something. And we had our Boston Terrier on the truck with us and he would just go bonkers in the truck and people would come up and want to talk and then he'd get nuts and, and bark in and then he'd wake Roger up or so I, I always say I'm like don't wake up the bears so then just just to keep I don't know I don't talk and I see too many people. Mm-hmm. I've never heard of someone doing that and I think that is the easiest way to do it. You don't necessarily have to do anything but imply that there's someone else yep. there. Yep. And another thing that I've got on my, I've got my dog face on my door. And I've got beware of dog signs in my window. Then nobody knows whether he's in the truck or not. And I'll go, don't get started. Don't get him barking or so. So people will walk away from me in my truck. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, because this. You, you was at a place the other day, and I remember you called me and said somebody just banged on your door. Texas. And yeah, you didn't feel like you didn't want to show them that you was in the truck. But, I didn't you know. open up the one. didn't look out the window. I just stayed in my truck and stayed still. Is this like a regular occurrence, or is this kind of every once in a while? Every once in a while. Okay. Roger, when you were All driving right. the truck, did you ever have things like that happen to you yeah well it happened all the time it used to i told kim we was in philadelphia at the truck stop down at a philly truck stop and it it's a yep. rat hole and i said whatever you don't answer the door at 12 o'clock you're gonna have 
all these people banging on your door, wanting money or girls trying to sell themselves. And I always said, if you don't want somebody coming up to your truck, bought up a piece of paper towel, wet it down, and throw it out on your step. But don't think you had some woman in your truck and they won't bother. So there, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things that we used to do or some guys, they keep it under paint so that people would think that there's a woman in there with them. So Wait, you said a bra on the window? Yeah, bra on the mirror. And then another lot lizard would think there was a, a lot lizard already in the truck and would go on to the next truck. Wow. Jim, do you remember that? The guy at the truck stop that approached you when you was walking back to the truck that thought you was a hooker? What? What? Yeah. This was many years ago. It doesn't go on as much now because there wasn't many women truck drivers back then. But yeah, they stopped her in the parking lot. What did they say? They wanted to know who she was, what she was doing back there. And didn't he ask you for ID, Kim? Do you remember that? Yeah, was that up in Pennsylvania, West Virginia? Yeah. Well, yeah. Security guard asked me. Yeah. I parked my truck, and we were meeting there. And I was walking up towards the truck stop, and he stopped me and wanted to know where I was going, what was my business there. And I let Roger know. Yeah. There are stories over the years of women that have been locked up that were a wife of a truck driver or something got up in the middle of the night to go inside to use the bathroom and didn't have any ID on her mm. and then arrested. Wow. Just yeah. that simply. You yeah. just fit a profile. Yeah. yeah so she that's was like yeah. she was a street walker instead of a truck driver. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I like how they're just implying if you're a woman here, you're more likely to be breaking the law than doing your job. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You kicked me off badly. She's learned about doing things herself in the truck as far as fixing the truck. I'll explain to her over the phone and she does that herself. There's a lot of things that she used to depend on me for. And she does a lot of it herself. Mm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, yeah. Kim needs to, not much of a conversationist. I, I can remember everything that Kim used to do and what she does now. And she did never on the truck before mm-hmm. when I was on the truck. I did it all. Now it spoiled me. Now she tightens <laughs> up, does all kinds of stuff. She does a whole lot and she ought to take credit for what she does do. Mm-hmm. It ain't easy for a woman to be out there. But even when I was trucking with her, it wasn't easy for women. And there's all the time people saying, you drive a truck? You know? Yeah. And they're amazed and, and interested. Mm-hmm. The highlights are when I'll see a, a lady in a car and she'll say, that's a lady driving or whoever's driving or little kids. Are, Mom, that's a lady. Or <laughs> And they get air pump that I just I still love it when guys go by and they do the air pump you know I just that's I love doing that it used to be common and I don't know I was told by somebody that pregnant school students not to do that it's against the law which it is not against the law to hit your air horn for somebody yeah I have yet to see a woman on the road I have been looking for women on the road <laughs> <laughs> I will tell you most female drivers especially when they're running 
with their husband or boyfriend or whatever, like to drive night. Less traffic. It's usually the women that are driving at night. The guys are driving during the day. Huh. I didn't realize that. Is that how you, when you guys were teaming, you did it? Yes. Yeah. Were you able to sleep then during the day, Kim? I know, like, obviously you need to sleep to be able to drive, but were you able to adjust to that schedule? I can sleep at the time. (laughs) That's amazing. Are you sure? Yep. That sounds like a superpower. I have no problem sleeping anywhere. I've slept through hurricanes. I've slept through tornadoes. Really? Yeah. That's a great superpower. Roger, what is your superpower? My superpower? My faith in my family. Mm Mm-hmm. And also my Christian faith, but my faith in, in good friends, and I don't have many. Mm-hmm. As far as friends, I can count them on a hand. But you have a lot of acquaintances that a lot of people would call them friends. <laughs> I I want to know more about your relationship and how it works a little bit. But I also want to get back to some of the fun lovey-dovey things that you guys get to do together as business partners and as a couple on the road. And so I want to ask, remember the newlywed game? (laughs) I want to ask a few newlywed game questions and see how y'all match up. (laughs) Are you ready for that? Can you do that? Fire away. Okay. (laughs) Who said I love you first? I'm pretty sure I did. You did? And how did that happen? Do you remember what the story is behind that? I said I love you first. And I remember (laughs) you cooked me scampi and what else did you cook that day? It was in your apartment. Like chips, sir. That's when I said it. I'm not saying you couldn't have said it first. I think I. (laughs) Kim what are Roger's strengths and what are his weaknesses and I'm going to ask the same question to you Roger when when Kim is done his strength and his weaknesses he's a very honest person he is a great provider not really hard he's a great driver Everybody loves him when they meet him. He's personable. And very personable. Okay. All right. And sometimes his weaknesses are his big heart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and he's awesome cook. That's <laughs> he keeps yeah. me well well stocked in the truck for sure. Cooks all my meals and freezes them for me and takes care of my mother. He's a great person. So what about, actually, we'll go with Roger first before we go to weaknesses. How about that? Roger, what are Kim's strengths? Her love for me is one. (laughs) All right. That's the right answer. He has really been there for me in every way. From day one, he's been there for me. Kim is generous. He loves my children. Me and Kim have no children together. She loves my children. My children love her and my grandbabies love her to death. Me and Kim, he was pregnant a couple of times. We, they didn't make it, but it comes just a, got a good heart and her heart uh, is one of her biggest faults. 
mm-hmm. sometimes. But she does she does everything when she comes home from the truck. If I got something needs to be done from going out pitching horse doo doo to picking up rocks and cutting branches and using the chainsaw, Kim's always there. Make sure that things get done when she's at home. She does more than what she really should. We try not to. I try not to put no more on than she needs because she's out on the road and get back to True North. That's the reason why we, I see Kim every, usually every two or three weeks now. And then when she comes home, I try to get her brakes off here. But Kim's got a good heart, intelligent, takes care of her taxes. There ain't much that she doesn't do. Her weaknesses, She's not very patient. She gets frustrated very quick on her driving, boo, backing up. She can't, doesn't get it the first time or the second time. She'll get frustrated. And they're not easy backup because Kim's a good truck driver. She's a good truck driver, except when I end up with knots on my head. Kim can tell you about that story. But she's all around. You know, she helped me with my mother and my mother had. Um, they thought it was dementia, but it wasn't. Mm-hmm. She could get violent every once in a while. Oh, wow. And, but her weaknesses, that's about the only weakness that I can. Yeah, she watches too much TV when she's not supposed to be resting. <laughs> <laughs> Busted, Kim. Busted. <laughs> do we have your secret? Yeah, do you, do you agree, Kim? I do. <laughs> <laughs> What are Roger's weaknesses? His big heart sometimes is his weakness. And that's, I always say that's part of why he had his heart because he, he just gives it away a lot. He would just, he would work himself to death. We had a driver once that paid this driver to tarp the load, but he tarped the load for the driver and paid him for tarping the load that he tarped for. Oh. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> When he had leading at that time, and he shouldn't have been the one doing any work. His driver should have been the one. What is Roger's commonly used phrase? Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) The truth will set you free. The truth shall set you free. Okay. A great one. Roger, what is Kim's commonly used phrase? He says, I love you a lot. That's a great <laughs> commonly used phrase. Yeah, I think that one's great. We always make it a point to say it before we hang up. And mm. Sometimes she'll say, hung up. And I appreciate you. She says that quite a bit. Oh, she always says, have I told you how much of I, I appreciate you lately? That's what she says. Oh, that's nice. Oh, oh we really... Get along really well. <laughs> What's your fondest memory of your relationship? When we was driving, we used to stop and we were stuck to go up and look at stuff. We went where they have all them so dinosaur bones and stuff like that. We did that. We went, where's that? In Dodge City, Kim, that place that we go to. Boot Hill. Yeah, Boot Hill. Or if we got somewhere, we would just take our time and go. Mm-hmm. You know, like, was like through the gorge or through out by the canyon. We was on our way to Washington. Been a big old black and white bear. We could take enough time to stop and look at that. So there's a lot that we did. We come home. We used to ride horses. Kids would be over to ride horses. The kids used to come down here all the time. 
we messed now we don't have the horses and the cows now we had to get rid of them because i can't take care of them. i think we did quite a bit we go dancing and, and listen to some friends bars play music in a, in a bar but we don't do that no more i mean if i try to dance now i, <laughs> I can fall over for sure mm-hmm. and i laugh about it because it could be a different story i i, I might not be here yeah so it, yeah i take every day i take every day as a blessing mm-hmm. that i'm here we're really happy so, you're here roger yes oh. i am too <laughs> uh, I'm hey, I'm happier than all of you guys. <laughs> oh, my granddaughter, she said, "Can't nothing happen to you." See me walk down the aisle, and that's mm-hmm. my youngest. Them grandkids, they're funny because they'll say, "Well, they try to get you to get that." They, well, see, they I, want I, to I, I, who's the favorite. I, yeah, who's the? I always say, "Okay, Taylor's my number one. Sarah and Haley's my number two. Addie's my number three, and then I only got." One grandson. It's kind of you know, and we used to go fishing. We we went fishing. Randy used to come up all the time and go fishing when she lived in Kentucky. So there there was a lot of things that we did do that we just don't do no more. Mm-hmm. When we go up to Michigan, me and the kids, or we'll do with the kids. But we used to go bowling. We used to meet up with the kids and stuff when we was on the road. We'd go play golf, and then my other daughter. Get us a room. We'd go out to eat the next day. We'd go see my mother all the time. We'd stop off my family that lives in Kentucky because that's where I'm from originally. Mm. And, but there's a lot that we used to do that we don't do now. I won't even grab to see my mother. I worry having an attack between here and there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you feel like when Kim retires that you'll have a little bit more freedom because she can be there for you yes and, and we can do things together and if we're traveling together that's fine my kids they like to come and get me and drive they actually have came and loaded up my truck or my car on a trailer and picked me up and take me to Michigan because they drive the last few times i've been driving i get tired of them treating me like an envelope mm-hmm. or kim and them say always overdoing it the thing is if i just sat down I would die. Mm-hmm. You have to do something. And there's a lot that I can't do, but I do it anyway. Like I'm not to run a chainsaw. I'm not to use a weed eater. I'm not to, because of the vibration, I can't, anything that vibrates will set off my defibrillator. Mm-hmm. I see. I can't wait to shoot tires four more years. Yeah. It's going to happen. That's what we planned. I don't okay. It's going to happen. That's where we were before, but our house will be paid for. We'll be all right then. Come home and do something if you want to continue working or whatever. Yeah. And what do you do when you're home? What do you mean? My hands get tired of rubbing her feet. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Yeah. When she says she's coming home, you're like, better limber up my hands. (laughs) That's a must. Okay. It deserves it. She deserves it. Yeah. Good. I mean, good for you, Kim. You out on the road and you get to come home to a nice foot massage. I love that. Do you have like, a schedule or something to decompress you the minute that you're home, Kim? As soon as I get home, I usually have a nice dinner waiting for me. And then I try to stay away from the truck for a few minutes and then 
the next day I'll go out and get stuff out of there, laundry, yeah. whatever. Gotcha. Oh, nice. What are you watching? I know we were talking about television. I just want to know what's keeping you from sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. I've got Ozark, Yellowstone, The Blacklist. Oh, those are really good ones. 1883. 18, what is it with Tim Brown? 1883. 1883. Oh. That's a, like spinoff of Yellowstone. That's so good. Oh, and I just went by and it was so exciting for me. Sunday, I drove by the ranch that's from Yellowstone, the, the Four Sixes Ranch that's part of the Yellowstone show. Mm-hmm. It's the Texas Ranch. I got to drive right by it. That was very cool. <laughs> So how did you know it was from the show? Did you recognize something on it? It said on the show, uh, Ranch in Texas. And then I knew that this guy, for real, in real life, he's got a lot to do with the show writing. But I Googled the Fourth of Ranch, and then I saw it was in Guthrie. And I was close to it a few weeks ago. And I was like, oh, I'm not that far from it. But then when I Googled where I was coming, I was coming to Lubbock, Texas. And I'm like, I am going to go right by it. And I actually get to see it. It was so cool. That's great. I'm glad that you got to get your kicks while you're still driving. Yeah. It said that it was closed and I was hoping Kevin Costner and that would be their film in the last season. But look, if I drove by Kevin Costner, I would definitely stop. So (laughs) I think it's probably a good thing that he wasn't there. (laughs) Is that your celebrity crush, Kim? Are you a a big Kevin Costner person? My celebrity crush was Tim McGraw. Years okay. ago. In the 90s, like prime Tim McGraw. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. He not anymore, though, or he's still number one? No, I don't <laughs> even know who my, who my celebrity crush is now. Maybe it is Kevin Costner. Mine's Lori Morgan. Who's Lori Morgan? Who is this? Country singer. She's a country. Okay. Yeah, I don't know Lori Morgan either. I'm Googling right now, though. Yeah. She's got blonde hair. She's from she's from the nineties era. Okay. okay. Have to check out her music. Who was the tidiest between the two well, of you? You can eat off the bathroom floor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. And it seems like Kim, you are not this person. <laughs> I am Oh no, you've got twenty pairs of shoes and socks to man. That's necessary. <laughs> that is totally necessary. <laughs> not in a crooked. I'm on Kim's side here. That's, that has nothing to do with being clean. That's a little cluttered to you. That's not dirty clean. Who <laughs> needs to be practical all the time? Yeah, it's it's minimalism versus maximalism. It seems like she wants to maximize her shoe options, and you don't. No, I think she has a shoe up in a truck, and she thought that she had to have it. And I swear, she had 10 pairs one time. Ten I pairs did. Shoes. And I <laughs> caught her five, I think it was. And even today, he tried to put shoes in here and I take them back out. <laughs> Him has to have everything. Yeah. And so it, it is what it is. Kim, are you, it seems like you like to have your stuff, but are you clean does your what does your truck look like right now oh yeah i'm clean it's don't let it clean it's, it takes everything she can't <laughs> if she if kim could fit the bathtub in there it would go along with her 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I would see that as an essential on the road. A yeah. A yes. bathtub? <laughs> Hell yeah. Night, relax, treat yourself. Yeah. Yeah. She has a microwave, she has a refrigerator, mm. sandwich maker, and stuff like that. She may spend 20 bucks a week at that. Because well, everything that. she takes, or I've already cooked for her spaghetti, sausage, bacon. I, I freeze all of it. I mm. vacuum back that chili, you know, chicken for her salad. She always takes bags of salad with her when she leaves. Sometimes she'll buy a sandwich or tacos. Kim loves tacos. Three tacos are my favorite. Kim. Yeah. I so agree with you. And that's why I've been loving the I Steal Facebook page lately because there's been a lot of taco pics. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know if you guys have seen them, but go check it out if not. Yeah. Check yeah. out the taco pics. <laughs> Who is the best cook? Roger, absolutely. It seems I'm, like Roger has I'm time watching. to be the best cook. And no, we, we cook different. So I do scampi, I do shrimp, I do seafood stuff. I'm I'm from Florida, uh-huh. the country. So he does biscuits and gravy. Nobody ever has. chicken and dumplings. Oh my goodness, he's got so many great things. But I cook by recipes, and it just blows my mind when I watch him just whip up a batch of biscuits, and he doesn't measure anything, and I just like my brain just. <laughs> freaks out. Roger, do you agree with this statement? 100 percent so does my kids. <laughs> when I, I go to Michigan or they come here, it's cornmeal gravy, cornbread, soup beans, and fried potatoes. They love my cornmeal gravy. If you've never had it, it's really awesome. Ooh. I did say I ought to put everything in a book, but I can't I won't slow down enough to measure it out. I don't know how to use the measuring cup. Decide and I've been trying to videotape him while he's cooking, try and get an idea so the kids can have it too. So I grew up in a family of eyeballing recipes. Every person in my family has a thing that they can just do instantly and it's delicious. And you're like, I don't know how you do it. My mom is very good at making oatmeal. She makes this sweet and savory oatmeal that is to die for. And it's slightly different every time but it's still the same she taught me how to do it but it's all based on eyeballing it and then like very random things where she's like, oh yeah i just take a handful of oats and i put it in there i use the crook of my hand to to do salt and i'm like that is it's hard <laughs> do i understand <laughs> it's really difficult when you're when you just know something and i, I have my recipes that are exactly the same as that it's just, it's what you bring to this world. It's, <laughs> that's what it is. Now, I'll tell you how picky I am. You walk in my kitchen, what do you got to put on your head, Kim? Hairnet. Oh my gosh, you are picky. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Because I see one hair in my food, I tell the whole thing. Kim Dunford has to do the dishes, unless she sneaks and does a couple when I'm not looking. <laughs> I, I think, but now since it gives me a sense of purpose now, to take care of Kim, to do the things as much as I can for her so Mm -hmm. she doesn't have to do much. Mm -hmm. And she can sit around, watch her 911, all these different shows, Mm -hmm. and play her games or whatever. Backgammon with her mother. Mother and them sit on the bed. Play cards with the kids or whatever. 
when we first started driving team, I did all the paperwork, all the logs, and he did all the really bad weather driving. It worked. Mm-hmm. But now I'm doing weather driving, and he's doing the paperwork at the house. Mm-hmm. And he's more efficient at that, actually. Than I am. I'm so sorry I have to drop off the call. I wanted to thank you so much for doing this with us and for being on the show and sharing so much about your life. It's just been such a pleasure. So thank you. See you later, Maddie. Have a good day. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, ask me a question. What made you decide to get into this? That is a very good question, Roger. Let me tell you my life story. No, it's really, it's simple. I've said this probably on every episode of this podcast, but I feel like it, it rings true every time I say it. I did not think I was going to be in the trucking industry at all. I was just someone who was in the right place at the right time, as far as True North goes. I met Jen Stedge, the CEO, and Sanjay, who was the CTO at a previous company. And we were working at a self-driving truck startup. I worked with them, but I was doing my own thing. And then I, you know, went to a new company. Jen approached me saying, hey, would you like a job? (laughs) And in the middle of a pandemic, November 2020, it was a very stressful time for everyone. You didn't know if you're going to have a job. So I was like, I'll take anything. But it ended up being. Yeah, plus you get to work at all. Yeah. Yeah, right. I'm doing the best thing that I could do for myself and for my career. I love what I do. I love the people that I get to talk to. I love that I get to get paid to make a connection with people. And I did not expect it to be in a trucking industry. I just thought, hey, cool job. Sounds cool. But it ended up being way more than that. It's a fulfilling job. It's a fulfilling job. And you're enjoying it. Enjoy what you do. Then it's even better. I have the freedom just like you have. I feel good being here because my ideas matter. My feedback matters. And I can do what feels right to me and my career and my path. Just like you feel the same way about your business, right? You get to run it the way that you want it. It's the same way that on the other side. And I know that we don't really talk about that enough because we are so focused on providing a really good service for you and providing a very good tool for you. But I think that it is really important to say everyone on the other side loves what they do. Even if they weren't in the industry before, they're here because they're like, yeah, this is cool. We're doing something cool. Does that answer your questions? Yeah, yeah, no, it it does. And and I've talked to Jen once. He answered the phone when I called into settlements one time. She was answering the phone, but she seems like a very pleasant person. Oh, she's wonderful. Um, yeah, I think the world of Lou, Luis. Luis, yeah, he was great when I first came on. He tried to do his best to help me out as far as we were trying to figure things out. You guys were trying to figure things out, but they had been really 
have been really great. That's mainly who I deal with. Every once in a while, dispatcher, if I call and ask them a question or ask them why I ain't set up, it's definitely, you guys are going to do just fine if you keep going the way you're going. You guys got us hooked. <laughs> We're happy to have you. And I love hearing stories like yours where you guys got that, you know, Kim and Roger magic. And you're very good at at making sure that stays as a well-oiled machine. So I'll tell you what, I'm going to let you and Kim talk for a bit. I'm going to hang up. I got to go cook mom and me some hot dogs. Oh, <laughs> hot dog night. All right. All right. Hanging up. All right. Have a good one. Thank you, Roger. You're more than welcome. Call anytime you like. Mm-hmm. So, Kim, so we already talked about your watching habits when you're in the the cab but i want to know more about what your creature comforts are what thing what are the things that you always bring on the road that make you feel a little bit more at home my shoes my (laughs) (laughs) yes the shoes oh yeah i i sneak some on that he does (laughs) funny he wrote by 30 I figure it like this. His shoes take up twice as much space as mine, so I get twice as many as he does because, you know, the space. Good for you, yes. <laughs> I, can, I can think about you just hiding shoes under the floorboard to be... <laughs> under the bunk. I'm giving away my hide. So why do you, like, what's your fascination with these shoes? I need to know, are you... Is it because of the fact that you want options? Is it like, what is it? Yes, it's options. It's just, I don't like wearing the same shoes and your shoes get ruined so easily on the fuel island. So I don't want my, my good sandals or good shoes, walking shoes on the diesel fuel. Okay. So I've got, you know, I've got fueling shoes and then I've got walking shoes and yeah, I don't wear my flip flops. He, he's don't wear your flip-flops. I don't wear flip-flops driving a truck. And I don't wear them coming out of the truck because my best friend fell and hurt herself. Mm. Yeah. So. So. He even bought me, he bought me steel-toed sneakers because we go to the swim pl- or a couple mines out in Utah and Wyoming. And he bought me a multicolored hard hat and matching sneakers to go with my hard hat. So he's even helping my shoe thing. Yeah, he's a shoe <laughs> enabler. Yes. Next time I tell him, I'm going to be like, you're a part of this. <laughs> and they're so cute. <laughs> I would wear them every day. And they're light, but they're, they're steel-toed sneakers. They're really cool. I, they're lighter than I really expected they would be. Yeah, I like the steel-toed look. It also makes you feel more powerful. I feel like when I wear them, I feel like I'm in control. <laughs> you can kick anything. Yeah, you can kick anything. That's There's power in that. Yeah. <laughs> so what are the other things that you bring in your cab that make you feel more at, at home? Do you have anything um, else? I've got more clothes than I need, I'm sure. You need clothes. You want to be able yeah. to freshen up. Yeah. One of my friends, she's, oh, I don't wear any of my cute clothes on the truck. I only wear truck clothes. And I'm like, yeah, but you're not 
trucking. We have a day off. Mm-hmm. What are truck clothes to you? And what are the things you wear typically outside of trucking? T-shirts, capris, just a different kind of top would mm-hmm. make, you know, my, I still wear the same kind of pants. It's just the top. Okay. Top. Yeah. Cute or wouldn't want to get a messed up because it isn't a clean job most of the time. Yeah. You still want to look cute. Obviously, your shoes look cute. <laughs> so it's nice to have someone who takes care of you so much. Were you looking for a partner that did that? Or- yes. He was put in my life for a reason. Yeah. He is the best thing that's ever happened. No doubt about it. And do you, you guys don't have kids together, right? No. Okay. He, you have- he's got two daughters and a son from his ex-wife and then an adopted son, Josh. And we have five grandchildren. You got your hands full with the kids. <laughs> oh, and they're great. What's your relationship to them? Great. Love them to death. They're like, if anything ever happens to dad, you've always got a place. If he's not around, you're still around. You're still in our life. You're still, they're great kids. And he has a relationship with your family on your side. Yeah, he and my mom are cohabitating and yes, they get along good. Oh, it's good. He's the yang to my yang. Just got to keep in communication. Let them know what you can do and what you can't do. You have to have a good commun- open line of communication together. And would you team with him if he could go back on the road? And in a heartbeat. Yeah. I miss him being in the truck with me. That was the best time. Do you ever, when you're on the phone with him, do you let the phone run or do you do small communications throughout the day? Both. Sometimes okay. we just sit there and hear each other breathe. But <laughs> for the most time, he's on the phone a lot. So I'll be on the phone with my mom. And I'll get off the phone with him and then I'll call my mom. And he's, he just call you and he, my mom will be like, yes. And she's like, I just got off the phone with her. So I didn't get to talk to her. <laughs> I'm glad that they have a connection. All three of you need to just be on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if I would take my mom on the truck if she was in better. She's just getting up there. And yeah, I'm afraid if she fell, that it would be terrible. And as you said, it's, it's, not, a- it's not an easy job. It's not for everybody. And uh, oh, no. I, I took her on the road with me before. I took yeah. her to New Jersey for Tennessee a couple of times. She had a blast. She loved it. Do you want to have people on the road or are you that kind of introverted where you're like, no one else could be in my truck? I do not want them. Yeah. No, when Roger and I were to get with Roger, because see, now it's just me and the truck. So I've got the truck set up for just me because I know he won't get back in it. Mm-hmm. So if Nothing like this when we were in the truck together. Mm-hmm. Our truck, anything like this. Because I wouldn't need half of the stuff that I have with me. Because I, like he said, I'd stay out on the road for three months at a time when we were with the other company. And mm-hmm. I would take what I needed. I don't like to buy stuff out on the road. We go to Sam's and whatnot. So I'll stock up with what I need to last me. He's like, where would I put my stuff? And I'm like, half of this stuff wouldn't be in here. There would, I would make room for you to be back in the truck. <laughs> if you never come back in the truck, believe me, more than half of this would come out. 
Yeah. But and does he clean your truck? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, I wish. Because it seems like he's the clean guy. <laughs> he he is the clean guy, but I, I think it's just a party. He's not I think he misses it too much to even get in it. Oh, I see. So it's stay away because the memories of a truck driving yeah. would be too much. Got, got it. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. He comes out and he'll look, check everything out mechanic-wise and stuff like that when I'm at home. And, but yeah, as far as getting up in the truck, I don't. That must be tough. That was real tough. I am so glad that he's able to do this now because that has helped him so much. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you retire, you're just going to retire. You're not going to run a business or anything like that. You're just like, I'm out of here. I'm out of the trucking industry altogether. No, if I could find something to do at home or it just, it would depend. It would be great to be able to work at home. Mm -hmm. Most, a lot of people are doing that nowadays. But yeah, I'm sure I'd have to find something. It, it will take me a while before I'd be able to fully retire. I'm a worker. <laughs> yeah. You, idle hands. Even if I, everyone said, if, what would you do with your money if you won the lottery? If I won the lottery, I would still probably be driving a truck. I wouldn't drive near as much as I'm driving, but I would still drive. Do you have a, a I, hard time staying still because you're a driver? No, because when I'm at home, I'd like to stay home. <laughs> <laughs> no, because really, I'm the one that's run into the store back and forth. So when I'm home, I'm, I'm the runner too. I could just chill. If I went somewhere for a week, I could just chill. What's the longest time that you have stayed still? Six days in an ice storm in Dallas, Texas a few years ago. That's the longest you've ever stayed still? <laughs> Wow. Okay. So if it weren't for that ice storm, you wouldn't have stayed still. No. And how was that ice storm? <laughs> it was terrible, but I was stocked and I could feed everybody that was there at the terminal just about. Wow. That we, were all, and you, we, so we were iced in everything. There was no moving. It was terrible. And I felt terrible for the people that were stuck out on the highway out though. But at least I had the terminal. We could walk across the parking lot to the and many of the drivers would slip and bust them behind on the ice, but oh, yeah, no. at least we had, yeah, that was terrible. How would you pass the time? TV and games. <laughs> and I have crossword books. I do a lot of crosswords. You're a crossword person? Yes, I am. And fill it in. Yeah. Do you do words with friends? I do. I used to do that a lot. We should be buddies. I want to do words with friends again. <laughs> oh, I do too. Okay, then we will. Yeah, I want to do it again. I haven't done it in a while. And I, I actually asked it on Facebook and every, no one responded. And I was like, oh. <laughs> no, we'll do that. Yeah, I love word games like that where you can just kind of take it or leave it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you up for your uh, words with friends tag or whatever you call it nowadays. And we'll play because I need more buddies. Oh, good. Yeah. What are your phone games that you play? Candy Crush, Bingo Class, Bingo King, Pocket 7 games. Those are my four go-to games. I love me some bingo. I love playing bingo in real life, though. I don't, I've never played uh, virtually. Roger, I was addicted. I played seven days a week, two times, two different days of the week, and never won once. What? Never done. 
in Georgia, yes. I would drive from one side of Atlanta to the other side of Atlanta to play the second game twice a week. And then when I met Roger, we were in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Oneida Casino. He went to go rescue a truck, and I stayed behind. And I went up to the casino, and I played bingo, and it was the letter X. And it was like, I want to say it was a $10,000 jackpot for eight. If you got it in eight calls. Uh-huh. And I didn't know that was a big game. And one of the people that walk around, she says, aren't you going to get an extra game for that? And I'm like, oh, okay. So she watched my game and I mm-hmm. walked up to go get her. And I, the first seven numbers was my number. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my God. And it was not my number. And I'm like, oh my God. But the ninth number was, and I won, and it was like four hundred dollars. I mean, that was the first time. Oh, that's that was such a bummer. <laughs> one number, and I'm like, and I always said, if, if I ever won bingo, everybody in whatever county I'm in is gonna hear me scream bingo. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually went to bingo last week, and like I sat down, I had my my beer, or whatever, and I was playing bingo. And the first game I did won. The second game was my partner's uh, board. (laughs) And we both won matching hats. So we went out in there looking like real cool. I love bingo. I practice my bingo call like when it's ready. I take a really deep breath like, here we go. (laughs) And is it Dobbers or is it what? Oh, it's the one where you have to pull the little tab. Yeah. Oh my gosh, they still have pull tabs around. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I used to play this one house and this girl that would sit next to me. She had long fingernails, like three inch long natural fingernails. Oh wow. And she'd have she'd have forty cards set up and these are pulled, playing hers and she's filing on her nails and I'm sitting there just a mess. I'm like, I've got twenty and I'm going pulling my hair out. And she's honey, you missed that one. I'm like, how can you watch my cards in your car? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy i love it I got... some people they just know what they're doing like they can do other things whereas the minute they call a number i'm like you better be quiet yep and, and the girl at the hotel where we were staying at he had to go with the guy that he was driving with to go rescue one truck and so the waitress she told me her boyfriend was a dealer up there at the oneida and she says, be careful where you sit playing bingo because they have buddy bingo. If you win and somebody's sitting at your table, you have to share it with that person at your table. And these old ladies up there get very territorial about who sits where. Whoa. <laughs> so if three people hit bingo and there's three other people sitting at the other, so you got to split it six ways. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. She says you had a table all by yourself. Oh, yeah. So just to make it more complicated, wouldn't it be crazy if every game or something you have to do musical chairs? (laughs) (laughs) Or like every time you call an O, you have to switch cards with somebody. Oh, that would be hard because that one of the places because you would tape your cards to the table so they wouldn't move. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Because so you tape your cards so they wouldn't slide when you're dobbing oh oh yeah i've never actually played the little stampy ones 
Yeah, I love those. Roger and I went to the casino in New Mexico, and they had a computerized thing. It cost more money, but you walked around with a tablet, Mm -hmm. which a lot of people thought that was cheating because you just put one number in or so you can't miss a card Mm -hmm. that way. Or people win by that type of thing. There's something about the physical card that I like a lot more. I need to be able to have control over my board. Yeah, because the computer, you don't know. They see you're fixing hit bingo and then it's not going to be the number that you need or want. Yeah, I'm with you there. Because at least you see when they're spinning the wheel and they put it up in the monitor, that ball was actually pulled. Yeah, also, it's not that I have any superstition about it. But there's something about choosing your card or choosing your board, right? Sometimes I'll just randomly pick one. But every once in a while, I'll be like, this one is the one that's going to give me luck. And not being able to choose that. Yeah, or you got a B12. You got to have one that's got B12 on it or... Oh, really? You like to do stuff like that? I feel it out. I randomly see one and that's the one. (laughs) We got to do some bingo when I finally meet you. Definitely. Anyway, I'm going to let you go and we're going to wrap this whole thing up. But it was absolutely wonderful to be able to meet you and catch up with you. You and Roger are really special and I really enjoy being able to hear a little bit more about your relationship and how you make trucking work for you. Thank you for giving us a little bit of your personal time. I'm going to hold you to that words with friends. I'm going to try and get you on it right now. All right. Cool. I'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Let It Ride with True North. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and share with a friend. For more information on how True North supports real owner-operators like you just heard, follow us on Facebook at True North Transportation Co., find us on Instagram, or on our blog, Owner-Operators Only, on our website at truenorthtrans.com. Let It Ride with True North is a production of True North Transportation. This episode was edited, produced, and hosted by me, Milan Allen. See you next time.